0: We had a ton going on today in uh, today's podcast that you don't want to miss a second of it. First of all, we're we're starting to talk a little bit about um, you know Biden, what happens uh, next, and who's actually running the government. If he's this out of control, who's running the government? Also, controversial Super Bowl ads. The most controversial is on the right, and it's a it's an ad about Jesus. Also, we talk about Vladimir Putin and Tucker Carlson. What does all of this mean? And so much more on today's podcast, brought to you by Relief Factor. If you are living in pain, I'm sure you have thought you've tried absolutely everything, but if you haven't tried Relief Factor, then you haven't. It was the last thing I tried for pain and it has changed my life forever. Uh, I got my life back. Maybe today is the day you should try. Maybe today is the day you begin to get your life back. Relief Factor is a daily supplement that helps your body fight pain 100% drug-free, and it was developed by doctors to help reduce or eliminate pain. Over a million people have tried Relief Factor's Quick Start, and 70% of them have gone on to order it again and again. See how Relief Factor can help you with their three-week quick start kit. It's nineteen ninety five. dollars It comes with Relief Factor's Feel Better or your money-back guarantee, so give it a try. Relieffactor.com or call one 800 relief 1-800 the number four relief when you feel the difference you know it works relieffactor.com here's the podcast you're listening to the best
1: of the Glenn Beck program
0: It was an odd birthday, but I'll tell you about that later on when we get past some of the uh, important things like the worst commercials on the Super Bowl. (laughs) You
1: know, Pat, did you find yourself paying attention to the commercials at all? Really? Uh, Not like I used to because they're they're just not worth it anymore. They just don't do Super Bowl commercials like they once did. You know, they're they're not. I don't. I don't. There were a few decent ones. Some of them were okay. Uh, some of them, I, I really liked the Paramount uh, Creed commercial. I, I like that one. That's that's pretty good. Um, there were a few that stood out a little bit, but for Super Bowl ads that you're paying $7 million to air, eh, I think they could have Once. been a lot better. Yeah, for, yeah, for one 30-second so spot. Yeah. There were
0: a couple <laughs> that... Um, I did notice, uh, and here's the first one. Cut one, Pfizer. So far, I'm thinking this is really good. Don't know who the advertiser is. They're making paintings come alive, mm-hmm. they're singing a Queen song. Don't stop me now.
1: Now I'm starting to go. Who is this? There's nothing more fun than an mRNA, mRNA vaccine being injected into your arm. It's just uh, it's a lot right? of fun. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Now you start to see the viruses and the and the uh, and the, uh, and, the uh, and the the cures, and you're like, wait, is, Jeez, this man. is Pfizer. Yeah, and yeah. the last person. The last person that should be saying, don't stop me now, is <laughs> Pfizer. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, no, yeah. we'd like to stop you right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, then RF RFK has been apologized, uh, apologizing to his family. The Super PAC put this commercial out for RFK. For president who's seasoned through and through a man
1: who's old enough to know and young enough to do well it's up to you it's up to you wow, it really worked with him doesn't 70 yeah. 2024
0: 20, is responsible for the contents of this advertisement so it's <laughs> it's good it was this super yeah. pack i thought it was you know it was cool but the family i guess was greatly offended uh because you know some of them i guess It's pretty bad when your own family is like, "How dare you run for president?" (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, bad. Let's see. This one is possibly the one causing the most controversy, and it's all coming from the right. Cut three. It is pictures of Christ washing people's feet
1: can you explain can you I can't see them from here Pat yeah he's, uh, it's just a whole bunch of different images of people washing other people's feet um, and they're they're normally poor destitute there's a different ethnicity worker with a with a hippie in somebody's backyard washing an elderly person. Um, and they could never tear us apart. A black man sitting on a porch watching a, washing a white
0: man's feet or vice versa. Yeah, and then the versa. last one. Jesus didn't the teach last hate. One. He washed feet. Yeah. All right. Okay, so stop. So the last one is the controversial one. Uh, and some people have a problem. In fact, let me read Steve Dace, who I really like. Um, I just happen to disagree with him, but that is the glory of the blaze. Uh, mm. We don't all have to agree, uh, and we don't force each other to agree. <laughs> you will say this! No, yeah, we're against the whole fascistic uh, kind of brainwashing kind of thing. So I I was um, reading a tweet that, that Steve sent out uh, this morning. And he said, "'How wrong was the he gets us ad at the Super Bowl? "'Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, "'not the multitudes of unrepentant sinners "'as the ad depicts. "'Instead, for them, he freely offered himself up "'as a living sacrifice for their sins, "'which the ad never points out to them. "'It, affirms, uh, it instead affirms them in their sin. Just a vile, repulsive, heretical, and offensive ad. I can't get upset at Pfizer, Bud Light, or anybody else, the spirit of the age uh, uh, secrets from its depraved mind when our answer, fund, uh, mind, when this, our answer, funded by wealthy Christians, it has been 12 hours and I'm still mad. Um, I, you know, I kind of disagree. I mean they didn't i think they should have put somebody like uh, the Capitol police washing the feet of those on january 6th if you're going to have jesus washing the uh, of the foot of transgender or you have somebody else a priest washing the feet of the transgender i get it i get it but how about making sure that the left is washing the feet of the right as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, because Jesus came for all of us. And the point of this ad, I, I I disagree. I'm not mad at this ad at all. I just, I think it was, it could have been done better um, by really pointing out our real differences. Um, but Jesus, let me ask you, Pat. Which one of your children are you so mad at you'd, you'd condemn them to hell? Uh, none of them. None. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, they've done something wrong. Let's say one mm-hmm. of them murdered somebody. Right. So you, you you would never want to see them again. Which one? Which one? You had to be none of them. None okay, of them. but wait. But one of them <laughs> is in BLM. And has set fire to cities and stuff. So you're going to condemn that one to hell, right? Mm, No. No, I'm not. Okay. (laughs) See, we... Pat told me one time, just think of God as a loving Father, and you will understand Him and yourself Mm -hmm. much better. And I said, don't think I can do that. And, you know, God is everywhere and in the tree. and, And I still believe, you know, He is. He is everywhere. But... You can understand him and your role as a parent much better if you imagine him to be the perfect, loving parent. Mm-hmm. He loves all of us, even the ones who have gone astray. And yes, he would wash the feet of everyone. Do you think Jesus was embracing adultery when he rode in the sand and said, Where are thine accusers?
1: No, because he, he told her endure- he told her not to sin anymore. So that part of the story, Correct. though, is always left out by by you know people trying to condone whatever lifestyle that they think is fine, and that's the right. problem. That's the if he, so if that's the point you're trying to make about Jesus that he condones everything we ever do, that's not right. He still he loves us, but he, he doesn't condone condone our actions a lot right. of times. Right. Mm -hmm. God, God is our father. We are his children. He loves us. Mm -hmm.
0: But, um, you know, the thing we can learn from that is that we cannot hate our fellow man. We cannot hate. And that's the point of this. Mm -hmm. Um, we can't hate our enemy. We are not fighting, uh, enemies that are flesh and bone. We are fighting, I actually, and if you, if you really pray on this, these are not enemies of ours. We don't own these rights. God does. These are enemies of His. And we are suppo- we're not the gatekeepers. We're the welcoming committee. And we should be praying for our enemy, loving our enemy, and that's gonna get harder and harder to do. But do you know why um, Abraham Lincoln was killed by John Wilkes Booth? You know, he tried twice. The first time, he's just going to kill him with his bare hands. And it was at the point of the inaugural speech. We have in the vault the only picture of Abraham Lincoln and John Wilkes Booth in the same photograph. It's an incredible thing. Mm. Um, Abraham Lincoln is given the second inaugural address. And so he's kind of blurry because he's talking and moving and, you know, the cameras need a long exposure, but up, up at the top on the, the gate of the Capitol looking right and just his eyes and everything are so clear. Cause he was just boring a hole in Lincoln's head is John Wilkes Booth. And after um, Lincoln said with malice toward none and charity for all, Booth about lost his mind because he needed the uh, North to hate the South. He needed the South to hate the North. All he, the only reason why he killed uh, Lincoln was so that the the the, um, the North would rise up again in anger towards the South. That's not Christ-like. We don't we. we we sh- we should do everything we can to push our anger aside. Um, that doesn't mean we condone, and it doesn't mean we stop fighting them. We just don't hate. And that's gonna that's hard because hate is very very worldly, and hates what's being pushed right now. Back to the podcast in just a minute. It's hard to know when an emergency is going to occur, whether it's something happening directly to you, something in your region, or even something nationwide or global. It's up in the air. In fact, the only guarantee is that bad things are going to happen. The time to prepare for them isn't after they happen, it's well before. That's why companies like My Patriot Supply are incredibly important. They help you prepare for the very worst ahead of time, so you don't have to worry about it. You can get started today by going to mypatriotsupply.com. You can save $200 on an essential three-month emergency food kit. Over the years, My Patriot Supply has has helped millions of American families prepare for emergencies, and yours should be the next one. Sealed inside the ultra-durable packaging, there's delicious meals. They last 25 years in storage, and they provide over 2,000 calories every day. Eat right when things go wrong. Get your three month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply with $200 in savings. You can get enough for each member of the family. They deserve your protection. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Order by 3 p.m. for free same day shipping. It's MyPatriotSupply.com. Back to the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Let me go to uh, Wyoming here. We we had a podcast a couple of weeks ago on how bad our farmers and our ranchers are being screwed by the federal government and how dangerous this is becoming. We're no longer the b- breadbasket for the rest of the world. Most people don't know that. Um, and uh, Harriet uh, uh, Hagman is with us now. She's from Wyoming. Harriet, did I pronounce your last name right? I'm, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> yes, you did, but Hageman.
0: Okay, good, 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 good. Uh, so you are the person that uh, uh, beat Liz Cheney, and I thank you for that, um, <laughs> for, the, uh, for her seat in Congress. So tell me what, is, what people don't know about what's really going on with our farmers and our ranchers. How, how bad is this getting?
2: Well, I I appreciate the opportunity, and I did watch that podcast or, and listen to that uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I was stunned about the uh, amount of information that you were able to get out into the public sphere with the gentleman that you were interviewing. I am a water and Thank natural you. resource attorney before I be, before I was elected to Congress, and so I have worked for a lot of ranchers and farmers and irrigation districts and municipalities and things right. in Wyoming. Nebraska and other states, and really, what we're seeing is a federal government who is attempting to limit our food supply, and they're doing it through a variety of ways. One of them that I would describe would be the the uh, the uh, USDA's just absolute obsession with imposing an RFID or EID mandate against our cattle producers, that they would put uh, EID uh, ear tags for all of our cattle and bison producers, and the and the point Why? is. To vertically integrate the industry right now the the poultry and the pork industry have already been vertically integrated where if you look through the entire supply ch- uh, supply chain it is the packers themselves that own the entire supply chain we only have four big packers in the United States one owned by China two by Brazil and one American company and that's what they're trying to do with the cattle industry as well so it's to ver- vertically integrate it so that they can control it so I'll just give you an example of what I mean by this these people are obsessed with local. Global warming, as you know, and in 2022, mm-hmm. Ireland adopted an EIB mandate. In, in the spring of 2022, Ireland adopted an EIB mandate. They always say it's about traceability. It's about disease control, and if there were a disease outbreak, we would be able to trace. We already mm-hmm. do that. We, we, we do it right no. now. We have bands backtake, brands backtakes. We're already able to do that. But in Ireland, they said the same thing. Oh, this is about safety, and the United States has the safest food supply in the, in the world. And they adopted an EID mandate in, in the spring of 2022. By the summer of 2023, they were mandating the slaughter of 41,000 head of cattle, not because of a disease outbreak, but because of global warming. So what they yep. want to do is they want to, they want to limit the amount of protein that we're allowed to have. or they want to limit the kind of protein <sighs> that we can have. And that's what this is about. It's about our government using food to control us. It's government-imposed wretchedness.
0: You know, when when you say this, and you're preaching to the choir, because I've I've been, you know, when I first saw the World Economic Forum's plans, I thought, this is so crazy. There's no way this is true. No, no, no. It's all true. And Europe is ahead of us. Um, And it is so diabolical and evil um, that that there's, when when you say you want to change the industry from Seed to fork that mm-hmm. sounds to me like millions will die just just for even if your intentions are good and everything else just the the hundreds of thousands of mistakes that you could make that will snowball into starvation but I I think some of these people are so anti-human uh, that they th- are that, you know they th- yeah it, it's it's craziness.
2: It is craziness, and it is, again, it comes back to control and the government control, because you always have to ask, what is the problem they're trying to fix? Have we had major disease outbreaks that have killed thousands of people? No, not, not, with, not no. With on the cattle side of things. And, <laughs> and the reality is, to the extent there is an issue, it's always on the meat side. It's the packing side. It's not the livestock side where we have challenges or right. problems. So, that's the, that's, so it is about vertical integration so, because if, if USDA does not know where the cattle are or how many head a particular rancher owns, they can't impose a restriction of saying you're going to have to call 10% of your herd or you're only allowed to have 500, not 750. The other thing they're trying to do is that they have all of these radical uh, uh, environmental ideas. Our ranchers and farmers are some of the most, uh, for the very best stewards of the land in the United States and, in fact, in the world. Of course. You have, you have the EPA. You have the USDA. You have all of these various agencies who think that they know better. And so what you're going to see is as soon as they impose an EID mandate, they're going to come in with what they call BQA, Beef Quality Assurances. And it's a 59-point checklist where the USDA can come onto your property unannounced and start dictating to you how you're going to operate your ranch and manage your livestock.
0: Oh, dear God, how do we stop this? How do we stop this?
2: So we've been fighting it. I fought it in a lawsuit for the last several years. We've been able to put them back. It was supposed to go into effect on January 1st, 2023, because of our lawsuit and our and my efforts in Congress. We've been able to put them back, and we have one more thing up our sleeve that we're going to keep trying to, to push back against the USDA on this. But then you're well aware of the NACs, the natural asset companies, where they're trying to come in and then monetize and and uh, uh, securitize all of our, quote, so-called natural assets. Assets. It's the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. This is coming through the SEC and the and the New York Stock Exchange with the idea that someone like Bill Gates could spend a billion dollars and own all the natural assets for Yellowstone National Park. Well, we don't own air. We we don't own wind. We don't own pollination. We don't own those things. Yet our government is attempting to monetize those and securitize those so that number one that they can put them on their balance sheet so they can continue to borrow money, and number two so they can again control what we can produce if they impose and uh, if they put a knack if they put a natural asset company and they sell the natural assets for a particular parcel of federal land there can be no mining no grazing no logging there can be no activities whatsoever and again it is an effort to to limit and restrict our ability to access the natural resources that we have in this country
0: so we're talking to Congresswoman uh, Harriet Hagman. She is the Republican from Wyoming that is wide awake on what is uh, what's really going on here. And don't laugh this off when when you say they're trying to buy the air. Well, we don't own the air. Remember, that is exactly what the Native Americans said when the white man came to uh, buy the land. They, it was almost a joke many times to them because. The great spirit owns the land we don't own the land but they sold it to us uh and it's it it's not funny now is it uh and it won't be funny you do not laugh this off with what they're trying to do uh on wall street with the air it is really really dangerous there's one thing uh, because i'm a rancher up in idaho and all of this stuff just makes me think My kids aren't gonna have a chance uh, at any of this. Um, They are also talking, and I know you're fighting uh, this kind of stuff in Wyoming. In the Pacific Northwest, the United States government is actually talking about destroying four major hydroelectric plants and reservoirs so the salmon can survive. That wipes out farmland. It's insanity.
2: It is insanity because it's not only going to destroy the farmland up there, it is going to destroy the communities and the, and the economies of all of the surrounding communities. And they don't even know, don't have any metrics to to demonstrate that this is going to do what they claim it's going to do. They are attempting to take out those dams. That hydropower, because of this obsession with wind and solar and the so-called renewables, I call them the unreliables, Mm -hmm. but because of their obsession with unreliable uh, power and energy, they have to have we have to have the backups we have to have a full redundancy and hydropower is clean and it is reliable with those 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 dams those hydropower plants on those dams that is the backup for massive numbers of people throughout the the upper midwest and and california for their electricity when the un, when the unreliables are not producing any electricity when they take those dams out there is no backup There is enough, if the wind doesn't blow and the sun doesn't shine, they won't have electricity because there isn't a backup. The environmental devastation that they are going to create by taking out those dams is mind-blowing, and they are trying to go forward with it.
0: Thank you for standing. Please keep me on speed dial. You you need people to stand up. You uh, you know have something else to expose. Please, people are just now waking up on how how bad and how dangerous this administration and the global government is becoming to our food supply. Uh, it is it it will cause starvation uh, for a very long time if it goes through. Uh, Congressman.
2: Yes, and yep, the, and the natural asset companies. I really encourage your listeners to fig, find out about that and push back against it, and make sure that we are we, we won this round. The New York Stock Exchange had to withdraw that rule, and the SEC has stopped it for now. We just won c- that round. They'll come back. They'll
0: come back with something else. They'll just name mm-hmm. it something else. This is the way they do mm-hmm. it. Uh, thank you so much, Congressman Hagman from uh, Wyoming. God bless. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. So I told you last week that um, I wanted to watch the Tucker Carlson interview uh, with Putin, um, and I would would watch it with eyes of how would I deal with Vladimir Putin if I were there in Tucker's shoes. Um, and I warned that people are looking for an American dictator. On the right, they're, uh, on the left, they're already um, doing it through the administrative state. And the, the right is starting to toy with this idea of Christian nationalism and just forget the, the Constitution. No, no, no. I, at least I won't. I talked to you about Dugan and how Dugan would be pushing Putin to talk about our immorality, transgenderism, loss of faith and i said you can maybe let him get away with it one time but then you have to cut it off and say this isn't about america and her people you want to talk about the american war machine uh, the president or congress or something go ahead uh, and we'll listen but i was expecting putin to spin the angle you know on drugs and how unsafe our country is and and everything else But he didn't. Uh, I think part of that is because uh, Tucker Carlson did a really good job, you know, outside of the containing him for, what, 45 minutes talking about the history of Europe, which, whew. Um, But uh, he did not allow him to go in and talk outside of the war. And I think that that was fair game. I mean, it's exactly what Hitler would have done, Mussolini would have done, uh, and Stalin would have done and did to our press over here. It's important to see the other side. To me, he didn't say anything new. Maybe to some people. But what Putin was talking about uh, was... Uh, The fact that we have we created this Ukrainian problem and we did and I outlined it on my giant chalkboard about Ukraine during President Trump's uh, impeachment hearings. We showed you all of the stuff that Putin was talking about. It's true. Those things are true. I don't like it, but we have to recognize it as true so we don't get wrapped up in another war. Uh, and we at least know the truth of why we're probably in this war. Now, that doesn't make Putin correct on the war, right? I'm not a supporter of Putin or anything else. But um, let me tell you now how it's being spun in Russia by Alexander Dugan. And he wrote this on on X. So now everyone in the world can read what i've been telling you about uh dugan listen to this because at first it sounds oh okay uh and it gets worse and worse and worse tucker putin and the apocalypse why tucker carlson's interview is considered pivotal for both the west and russia if i were tucker carlson i would write an op-ed about this op-ed immediately Let's start with a simpler part, he says. Russia. Here, Tucker Carlson has become a focal point of two polar opposites within the Russian society. Ideological patriots and elite westernizers. He believes elite westernizers are the intellectual elite that just say, let's just become part of the West. And the ideological patriots are saying, no, we're Russian. Uh, and we have, uh, we have God on our side, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, For patriots, Tucker Carlson is simply one of us. He's a traditionalist. I've warned you about that word, traditionalism. It means something different when people like Dugan are saying it. He's a right-wing conservative, a staunch opponent to liberalism. Well, he is, but not in the way Dugan means. Dugan is for the end of all modernity. Understand what that means. The end of all modernity. He believes the world should be pushed back to the way the world was before the Enlightenment. I don't think Tucker's for that. The attention uh, the Kremlin pays him ignites the Patriots' heart, inspiring a continuation of a conservative traditional course in Russia herself. Russian power has defined its ideology. We have embarked on this path, and we will not deviate from it. Yet, Patriots are always afraid we will. No. On the other hand, the Westernizers side with relief, seeing not everyone in the West is bad, and there are good and objective people. Let us be friends with such a West. I think the westernizers, even if the rest of the globalist liberal West doesn't want to be friends, but only bombards us with sanctions and missiles and cluster bombs, killing our women and children and elderly. We are at war with the liberal West, so let there at least be friendship with the conservative West. Warning! Russian patriots and Russian westernizers, increasingly more Russian and less Western, have come to the consensus in the figure of Tucker Carlson. In the West, everything is even more fundamental. Tucker Carlson is a symbolic figure. He is now the main symbol of America and what America hates in Biden, liberals and globalists, and are preparing to vote for Trump. Trump, Carlson, Musk, and even Texas Governor Abbott are the faces of of the looming American Revolution, this time a conservative revolution. To this already powerful resource, Russia connects. No, it's not about Putin supporting Trump, which could easily be dismissed, blah, blah, blah. But Carlson's visit was something else. Biden and his maniacs have effectively attacked a great nuclear power through the hands of Kiev's unleashed terrorist. The uh, humanity is on the verge of destruction. Nothing more and nothing less. The globalist media continue to spin a Marvel series for infants where Spider-Man Zelensky magically wins with superpowers and magical pigs against the Kremlin's Dr. Evil. However, this is just a cheap, silly series. In reality, everything is heading toward the use of nuclear weapons and the possible destruction of humanity. This is where uh, Dugan is always dismissed, and I urge you, dismiss him at your own peril. Dismiss him just like you've dismissed the leadership of Iran at your own peril. Um... Tucker Carlson conducts a reality check. Does the West understand what it's doing, pushing the world toward the apocalypse? There is a real Putin and a real Russia. These are not staged characters and settings from Marvel. Look what the globalists have done and how close we are to it. It's not about the content of the interview with Putin. It's the fact that a person like Tucker Carlson is visiting a country like Russia to meet a political figure like Putin at such a critical time. Tucker Carlson's trip to Moscow might be the last chance to stop the disappearance of humanity itself. The world can only be saved by stopping right now. For that, America must choose Trump and Tucker Carlson and Elon Musk and Greg Abbott. Then we have a chance to pause on the brink of the abyss. Compared to this, everything else is secondary. Liberalism and its agenda have led humanity to a dead end. Now the choice is this, either liberals or humanity. Tucker Carlson chooses humanity, which is why he came to Moscow to meet with Putin. The whole world understands why he came and how important it is. Alexander Dugan. Boy, I would not run him writing something like that about me. And I don't think that Tucker Carlson necessarily did anything to deserve that. I'm not aware of how aware Tucker Carlson is of Alexander Dugan. Um, I've never talked to him about it. I I would like to, actually. I've invited him on the uh, program. But remember, when he says we're fighting liberalism, in reality, I am a classical liberal. That means that I am for the Bill of Rights, I want a small government. I believe that I should answer for my own actions and you should answer for your own actions. The Bill of Rights is supreme. That's classic liberalism. So when he says the West's liberalism, that's what he actually means. Not what we say liberalism is. We say, oh, the liberals are out of control, the leftists. No. He's against freedom of choice. He is for. He says the only the the um, uh, the only thing wrong with Hitler is he didn't go far enough. He is a doomsday prophet that believes that doomsday must come to wash the world in blood. See if this sounds familiar. He's also the guy who has opened the door. And the key relationship between the Iranian Twelvers and Russia, the leaderships of uh, Iran, and brought that Gog and Magog together, it's Dugan, they, they have one thing in common, chaos leads to the rebirth of the world, uh, one thinks the Imam coming is coming, one, uh, th- the supporters of Dugan believe that means Christ will come, and Dugan just believes that that's the way that Russia controls the entire world in the end. Very dangerous. Very, very dangerous.